Okay, guys. You know, there's no sports going on right now. None at all. Wimbledon got canceled. I'm so crushed. The Olympics. British Open. Yeah, the British Open British is gone. Open. Uh, what else was it? The Olympics got postponed till next year. Of course, no basketball, no baseball, nothing. There's nothing to talk about in the sports world, which we can, you know, we could do a top ten list, and we probably will in the future as long as it goes on. But tonight, and this is going to be one of those that goes on both podcasts, I think. I'm going to think I'm going to put it on on the fly and the final score. Why tonight? We were doing a top fifteen list because, and then we'll get into that in just a minute. Just because. Just, just because. because. But tonight we are doing our, what me and Lynn think is our top 15 songs from Aerosmith, which... America's greatest rock and roll band. Uh... <laughs> uh okay, okay. That's why we're going to... We're going to agree to disagree on that. I didn't say that. That's that a lot Lynn. of stuff. I'm actually right now... I am America's actually, greatest rock and roll band. I am actually right now wearing my Kiss Reunion Tour T-shirt, the greatest band of all time. Not just American band, the greatest band in the world. And I'm, what other band says, you wanted the best, you got the best, the hottest band in the world, Kiss. I mean, you don't hear Aerosmith saying that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm just, God, I, I'm going on, on. But anyway, anyway, tonight, it's Lynn's night. I mean, because Lynn is no excited good. about this. No pressure. No pressure at all. But Aerosmith, I mean, this is, this is a group that uh, they started in 1970. Am I right, Lynn? Right. Right, 1970 to the, Massachusetts. to the present. Yeah, they're from Boston. Yep. But I really didn't, didn't, I knew of them from, uh, there was a show that came on MTV back in the 80s called Headbangers Ball. And the first time I actually saw a video of theirs <clears throat> was the live version of Dream On. And I was like, who are these guys? With the orchestra? No, the orchestra, no, this right? was, this was, no, or this was unplugged. not an orchestra. They this, did Unplugged. Yeah, I remember that one. This, that was, this was way, this was before they did the Run DMC collaboration. Uh, I saw it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's actually an old version of Dream On, an old video version. But uh, okay. I thought it was a pretty cool song, but really got, they really caught my eye, of course, when they did the Run DMC collaboration, which relaunched their careers, and uh, the rest is history. They were, they were so one of the most successful bands of the 80s and 90s, and still going today. You know, a little controversy they got going on right now, but uh, they still... Of course, they're not right now, but doing a, a residency in Vegas. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're they're pretty good. But you know, I'm not going to. Pretty go. good. I'm so not, they I'm, have 12, 12 multi platinum albums, eighteen platinum, and twenty five gold. They are the best selling American hard rock band of all time, with hundred and fifty million records sold. Mm-hmm. Now this is these are I'm just saying facts. The best-selling hard rock band of all time. 150 million records worldwide. 70 within the U.S. They're known as the Bad Boys from Boston. And the main two members were known as the Toxic Twins. And that would be Steven Tyler, the lead singer, and Joe Perry, the lead guitarist. 
And uh, just to round it out, you know, we have Tom Hamilton on bass, Brad Woodford on guitars, and Joey Kramer playing the drums when they let him in the band. Yeah, when they let him into rehearsal <laughs> or let him on stage when uh, they're being honored. I mean, come on, guys. Right. But this is a band that's it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, they started in the 70s. They had the rise. They had the fall. The band broke up. They had new members join. And then the rise again in the late 80s and 90s again. So they've been through a lot. And they gained a lot of new fans on that second rise. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, I call the death in years. Because the, they, the years. first label was Columbia. Columbia goes up until like the early 80s. And then they got re-signed by Geffen. And Geffen is one where a lot of the younger people know with permanent vacation, pump, and get a grip. And, um, you guys but, can tell Lynn knows, knows a lot about yeah. Aerosmith. And another cool fact is they were one of the first big guest stars on The Simpsons. Uh, they were the first big musical guests where they were actually animated and drawn. They played at Moe's Bar. I remember that. I remember that. <clears throat> and that was after the Pump album because they, I believe they sang Young Lust and um, I can't remember the second song. It was really good. Yeah, I, I know some stuff. So I'm disappointed you didn't know that second song. I know. I need to look it up. Yeah, you're going to be the looking it up. You'll look it up before we get... <laughs> oh, I... Yeah, yeah. I've always been a part of the fan club. It's called Arrow Force One. I pay to be in this club. You get a little pin every year. But they call their fans the Blue Army. And I don't uh-huh. think many people know that, but, but it's the Blue Army. And the reason is is because when they would go to the shows in the early 70s, a lot of their fans had on, like, blue denim jeans and jean jackets and from the blue-collar workforce that were their fans. So they're called the Blue Army. And finally, in 2015, they had the Blue Army Tour, which was kind of an honor to that original fan base. Okay. That's pretty so, cool. There, there's some more tidbits for you there. Yeah. You you just wait till we do the Kiss, the Kiss Top, top uh, 15. See, I've seen Kiss in concert when they opened for Aerosmith. That was when they... Let's, <laughs> let's get the facts straight. Let's get the facts straight here, though. That tour... They rotated. They rotated. That was the best concert ever been to. It was Kid Rock. It was amazing. And then uh, Kiss. And then Aerosmith. Um, then DMC was supposed to be on that tour. Uh, something, I think that's right when one of them passed away. I think that's why I didn't get to see yeah, Run DMC as well. Yeah, but yeah. Kid Rock was awesome. I had never really seen him in concert. He put on a great show, great entertainer. Kiss, best entertainers, put on an awesome show, and then Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and one of the big things about being in the fan club, I've sat in the first 10 rows. Every time I've seen Aerosmith, except the first time. Awesome. You need to be voicing your opinion to them about how they're treating your drummer. Well, I can't afford their shows anymore. The nosebleed seats are like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. And I just I can't afford that. So Well you also you know one one thing and I'm disappointed you didn't bring this up because this was a big big tie in for Aerosmith too. The whole Wayne's World deal with Saturday Night Live. Oh, that was big too. Yeah, they were on Wayne's World too, the movie. Well, other random knowledge, go to Disney World. 
and go to Hollywood Studios. They yeah. have their own roller coaster called the Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm awesome. It's an indoors, pitch black roller coaster with black lights. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Oh, and, again, they have one in Paris, too. I rode the one at Disneyland in Paris. Awesome. Okay. I want to bring this tidbit up because I'm reading it right now. Okay. The second they have the second most gold albums by an American group behind Guess Who? Kiss. <gasps> Kiss has thirty. <laughs> Eighteen platinum and twelve multi platinum. Oh, who cares? They don't have enough gold. <laughs> no, I know platinum. I know platinum's more. Hush, hush. Right. Anyway, we're gonna be look. You may have to do this in parts at this point because we're doing fifteen songs. We're gonna yeah. be talking like crazy. Yeah, all right. So, let's start this off. We'll see how this goes. All right, all right. So I want to do a throwaway honorable mention. We'll have to talk about it. I was told to do 10, couldn't do 10. I begged Stephen to do 15, and granted, I have 16. <laughs> but number 16, throwaway, not really going to talk about it, Pink from Nine Lives. Now, That's my throwaway honorable mention. Pink. I wasn't a big pink. fan of that. I'm sorry. The, the video, I like Pink. The video was so weird. Oh, uh, the video it, was crazy. It was, not, it was not an Aerosmith-type video, but... Wow. It was a lot of CGI, a lot of weirdness. Yeah. Not cool. It's, it's not yeah. like they get a grip on them. So that that was it. So um, do you need to do 15 first or are you going to do 15 first? You can go ahead and do your fi- your number 15 first. I'll let you look okay. it Okay. All right. So <clears throat> in the summer of 1998, a wonderful movie came out <laughs> called Armageddon. And oh, it had yeah. Liz Tyler in it. And Bruce Willis and Liz Tyler, of course, the daughter of Stephen Tyler. I was like, oh, my God, i got to go see this. And on top of that, the main song that came out of Armageddon was the, I don't think it's Diane Warren, a Diane Warren yeah, song Diane called Warren. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. And this song became a huge hit for Aerosmith. It was, the, the I guess, the poster song for Armageddon. Mm-hmm. It was like a rock ballad. The video for I don't want to miss a thing. That's great, and it has since gone on and been copied by Mark Chestnut and probably some other people. But don't listen to those. Listen to <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing of the Armageddon soundtrack, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that's that's a little bit higher on my list. But uh, number fifteen for me, they did is a cover song. We talked about this uh, uh, a little. Yeah, like little could bit. we could we include covers or not? Yeah, so we decided yes, right? Yeah, we decided yes. Okay, uh, it's Good, a cover song. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, a lot of people don't realize. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie either. Uh, did you ever Ooh. see the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? The movie. I have not, but I'm a big Beatles fan. But I would love to see it. Never seen it. Well, the movie is the Beatles are not in it. I mean, this is what. Yeah, you don't know a lot. I haven't seen it, then. No, this is well, the movie. Aerosmith played the evil band from the future. Exactly. The Bee Gees were the, were the good band. The Bee Gees, and then they had, Peter, there was another uh, star from the 70s called Peter Frampton. He was the main character in it. Uh, he could make the guitar talk. Exactly, yeah. Peter Frampton, is, that's a, just a legend right there. And uh, I, Frampton Comes Alive, one of the best, not the best live album all time, one of them. But I would play that at baseball practice all the time. Yeah. 
So, come together by the Beatles, which they uh, oh, great Smith did for the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And, you know... Late 70s? Yeah, 78. Was 78. Okay. Uh, you know, the movie is like a cult favorite. It didn't really do great at the box office, but Aerosmith really being the evil band and singing this song really... Uh, I mean, they they really played the part to a T. But, uh, and they made the song kind of their own, too, because a lot of people... When they hear "Come Together," I think the Aerosmith originally did it. Exactly. Uh, so because they they sung it enough, yeah. Yeah. So you know, a lot, of, especially a lot of the younger generation, they think it's Aerosmith song, but it's actually a Beatles song. But "Come Together" is is my number fifteen. Okay. So you can All right, go so ahead. <laughs> so number uh, fourteen on my list comes from a album called Gems in 1988. Now, Jim's was like a deep-cut, greatest-hit album. It wasn't songs that really got a lot of airplay. Yeah, it was a deep-cut, uh, greatest-hit. But they had one original song on Jim, and um, it was called uh, Chip Away the Stone. I remember that song. Oh, wait a minute. It, wait a minute. It says here, wait a minute. I think I'm wrong on this. It says here, it's on, it was a 1978 song. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so Jim's came out early, early. That yes, was... Chip, Chip Away the Stone is on Jim's, but I think it comes from another. I, I am wrong. I think, um... Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm looking. Maybe not. I'm confused. I'm, I really thought Chip Away the Stone was only on that one, um... Chip Away the Stone... Hold yeah, on. okay, here we go. It was released in 1978 as a single. It was, okay, Chip Away the Stone was only put on gems. They released it as a single in 1978, but it didn't um, get on an album until gems. So, all right, so I was half right. Yeah, so we did, we're we not disappointed so now. Chip Away the Stone, uh, a lesser-known song for most people. I've added it off of the gems album. I actually it, remember right? seeing the video for it. It's a weird video. I mean, it's it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. If I know you've seen it, so you. But it's uh, that's another one of those headbangers balls. Should bring these. I wish they would bring these old headbangers balls back and play it on on some somebody MTV. Can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you find the you can find on YouTube the because uh, they had a host. They usually had a guest host every week, or then they would have. A permanent host sometimes just up there, but that's the only thing you can't find the total thing with the videos and everything. I guess because of copyright, so you just yeah. get the you just get what the host or the guest host is saying up there. But man, it was great. It usually, I think it came on like eleven o'clock on MTV. They had like a top ten, and it was nothing but like the metal or the or the hard rock countdown. And then at twelve o'clock, Headbangers Ball started, and that came on till. Till about two o'clock in the morning, which I always, wow. I always uh, recorded. Once you I got a satellite, it. I recorded. It. Sometimes yeah. I could stay up and watch it, but uh, you know, I can't imagine doing that now. For me, number fourteen uh, came off. What is the name of this this album that came off of? It's and I'm not get a grip. Come off it came off of get a grip. Uh, oh. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so, and Aaron Smith on that album had a lot of songs. You know, they had three songs that were kind of 
in that same genre. Back to back to back. Yeah, and, and it was kind of weird that way, but they all, the videos they did back then, this was pretty much a, a guy in a virtual world and was seeing all this stuff. But, uh, of course, uh, Alicia Silverstone was this, staple of the Aerosmith videos at that time. Oh, those trilogy of videos. Yes. Yeah, she was in it, and man, she was a hottie back then. Uh, Jason was London. The second who, video? I think, I, I think this was the second. Um, I think this is the second, yeah. But, uh, you know, Jason London, who was one of the stars of Days and Confused, was the main character in that. He goes on to be in a lot of, a, a couple of Aerosmith videos, I think, as well. But, uh, you know, it was it was a weird it was not a weird video. It was a pretty cool video, the virtual world which we didn't know a whole lot about back then. But the song, man, you know, just a great song. I, I, I that whole Get a Grip album pretty much is it was probably one of my favorite Aerosmith albums. Oh yeah, shot them near the top. But the good thing about Amazing is let it play to the end. It goes quiet, and then it plays some kind of like nineteen twenty yeah. something. That's what he said, so from all of us here at Aerosmith. To all of you out there, wherever you are, (laughs) remember, the light of the tunnel, it may be you. Yeah, I never really understood that. And the whole dance he does at the end, it was just something different. Yeah. Yep, that's kind of cool. All right, so number 13, I have 13 from Get a Grip, 1993. And this is one of the first songs I really remember from Get a Grip. And my distinct memory is senior trip to the beach. We get out of school, it is May, and most people just all go to the beach. Um, and I remember seeing this, they're at the video. And one of the main characters in the video was in Terminator 2. Do you know which one I'm doing yet? Living on the Edge. Living on the Edge, yeah, I remember. John Connor, the little, bo- the little John boy, Connor. the teenager. John Connor. So him and his friends stole a car. They wouldn't have their seatbelts on. They drove fast as they could into like a, a pole or a wall or something, you know, hoping the airbags would save them. So they're living on the edge. Oh, my gosh. That, that's just great memories there with that. I keep thinking back to senior year of high school. That, yeah, that that's 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 I hear that. That's, a, that's been a long time ago, too. Mouth uh, number 13 came off permanent vacation, and this was one of those... You know, after the whole Run DMC collaboration, this was probably one of the first songs that really took off for uh, Aerosmith. I'm talking about "Do Looks Like a Lady," and I don't. Yeah, do, do you song. know where what the inspiration for was for this song? Mm, yes, they. Someone looked at Steven Tyler and thought he looked like a girl. Or no, something, right? no, 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 no. Or they hitting on somebody? Yep. Or they hitting All on right, a girl? There's, there's a legendary songwriter. His name is Desmond Child. He's wrote for Kiss. He, he wrote uh, "Living on a Prayer" for Bon Jovi. "You Give Love a Bad Name." He worked with Aerosmith, and he came in to work with them. And when he came into this, when they were working on this album. The original title they had, Aerosmith had, was Cruising with the Ladies. And he was like, that's horrible. And uh, <laughs> then they, they started talking about where they had got some of the the inspiration for what the rest of the lyrics were. And Do Looks Like a Lady came up. Well, the story was they were sitting at a bar. And they looked at the end of the bar and there was this 
nice, attractive girl with bleach blonde <laughs> hair. And they were oh, like, God. wow, wow. She's That's, hot. Yeah, she's hot. Well, the girl turns around, and do you know who that girl was? Who? Vince Neil, the lead singer of Motley Crue. He does have nice hair. Yeah, so, so that's where that's where a dude looks like a lady comes from. Vince Neil is the dude that looks like oh, a lady. Awesome. So, see, that I got awesome. you. I got you on a little tidbit that's there. Good. I like that. So that's like my that. number number thirteen is uh, dude looks like a lady for me. All right, so number twelve comes off of the Rock album in nineteen seventy six, and even though it is my number twelve. Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash, Metallica leader James Hetfield, and this guy called Kurt Cobain list this as their number one Aerosmith song. The name of this song is Nobody's Fault. It can only be found on rock and gym, so it was considered a deep cut hit. Now, for everybody listening, if you have Apple Music or have whatever, pull up Nobody's Fault by Aerosmith, and when you get to around minute, three minute and 43 seconds, you're going to hear some of like the five or six best seconds of any rock guitar solo ever. Nobody's fault. Go to like three minutes and 40 seconds. You can catch all of it. Some of the best music ever. Stevie, you can do that after this. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. I'm, now, now you got me intrigued because I hadn't heard of that song yep. before. Nobody's Fault. Nobody's it is fault. one of the heaviest songs Aerosmith has ever done. And it's just, I mean, I could like sing the guitar part, but I'm like, dude, you're horrible. So I'm not going to do it. Well, I listen to the whole song, but when you get three minutes and 40 seconds, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> That's a good one there. I, I, I won't have to check that out. Nobody's Fault. I'll have to... When we get off here, I'm going to go try to download it on my Apple Music. All right. So we're at number 12, right? Number 12 for me, We talk, you talked about it earlier. This was your lead-off. I don't want to miss a thing from the Aerosmith, well, not, not Aerosmith, but the Armageddon soundtrack. Now, <clears throat> here's another tidbit for you. You think I'm not, I had done my research. I like the tidbit. Diane Warren, you, you talked about she was, she was yep. one of the songwriters. Do you know where she got the I Don't Want to Miss a Thing? The, the, I do not. She was watching a Barbara Walters interview with Barbara oh, Streisand and James Brolin. And Brolin said he missed Streisand when they were asleep. So she wrote down the words, I don't want to miss a thing. And that, oh, my God. Now, the video, it, it's, it's another tidbit here. You Have you noticed in the video how they all... Steven Tyler, all you see is close-ups of him. Okay. He injured his that. knee the day before the shoot, so they had to use close-up shots because he couldn't move. Huh. Yeah. So. I know he tore his ACL sometimes. Well, he's done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Fall off stage, whatever. <laughs> so that's that would be something. That's anyway, that, that, that song right there, that's the whole reason I bought the Armageddon soundtrack. Uh, I remember buying the CD. I was like, just because I wanted that song. But that was that was a great song. Okay. Number number, number 11. 11 for me. Number 11 for me. In many Blue Army rankings, this song 
finishes number one Aerosmith song by the Blue Army. Now, the Blue Army is really like the 1970s early fans, maybe early 80s. So these were the hardcore from the beginning fans. And what they consistently vote number one, and I have number 11, is off the Get Your Wings album. And it is called Seasons of Wither. Seasons it is a power ballad. Seasons of Wither, generally considered the best Aerosmith song by the old Blue Army. I have it as number 11. It is a power ballad. It is over five minutes long. Um, it's good stuff. Listen to it. But you can just, we should be able to like put playlists up there for people just to grab it and listen to our top 15. Oh, yeah. We, we, that we need would to, be cool. If we can find a way to do that, we will do that, by the way. We that would be cool. Uh, I wonder how we could do we'll, so, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Well, the seasons of Wither, get your wings. Yeah, so number 11 for me, another, and this is another one of the trilogy off of Get a Grip that we talked about earlier, and this one is Crying, uh, Alicia oh. Silverstone, man, and you know, it, it's such a, it's such a shame, and I've talked about this a lot, MTV doesn't do videos the way that it did anymore, because the video, to me, makes the song that much better. I mean, it, it was such okay. a great tool back then for these, that, but uh, and, and this trilogy, uh, this was the first. This was the first of the three, uh, tri uh, those three trilogies with Alicia Silverstone. But, you know, of course, Stephen Dorff sent it as her boyfriend. Uh, the end, where she acts like she's jumping off the, the bridge, but it's really, she's got a bungee rope and, She's flipping him off at the end, but uh, just it's a great song. Aerosmith, from that period, Aerosmith could do no wrong. After when Permanent Vacation started, they could do no wrong for a long time. And Crying was was you know, I, gosh, I have wore I've wore Aerosmith Get a Grip tape out, listened to, to to that song, and listened to the other two of the trilogies especially. But Crying is my number eleven. Get a Grip is probably the best Geffen era album. Fairly oh, beating album. Yeah, I think but, so. Oh my gosh, Get a Grip got some solid stuff. Okay, number 10. We're going to go to that other album I just talked about, Pump, in 1989. And this is another power ballad. So I've got two power ballads back to back. And this one is What It Takes. I, I just, you're going to laugh at me, but I love the song What It Takes. It's just, I guess a cheesy little ballad. Big fan. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there a video for what it takes? Yes, it was they a weird. It, you know, they did the the weird thing about that one was they were playing in like a. It looked like an old bar, like a country bar. They were playing there. Longhorn Ballroom. Yeah, and, and I just remember right. seeing them get, they were throwing, a fight breaks out, I think, and something gets thrown up on, at the stage, and you just see uh, Joe Perry just look at it as it goes by, like, what the heck was that? And he never really stops playing, he just looks at it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was not, it's not one, but I think part of it, they were showing them, recording in the studio too? Wait, that's the, the second one. Okay, the that's the second version. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. I've never seen that Longhorn ballroom <laughs> one. Yeah, I, I have seen it. I'm I remember to find it on um, Evo or something. I remember when it came out, when it, you know, watching it, I was like, this, and that was pro- that's probably the reason they did it. Now, does it say it's a Longhorn was the first version or the second? Yeah, it says one features the band in the Longhorn ballroom, and the second one is from the making of Pump. See, I think here's my here's my opinion, and it's not I I'm not going by fact here. I think that the first one didn't fit the song whatsoever. It had made no sense, and I think they went to the second one. They're just showing them recording it as because they saw how bad how bad the first one was because it had nothing to do with with what the song was talking about. All right, <laughs> so it did, the way you describe it, it sure did. Yeah, I mean, when you see it, you're going to be like, "What the heck?" I mean, really, you will. Uh, number ten for me, and this was kind of like in the and you know you can see a pattern. With some of the Aerosmith albums, you know the the power ballad, which in this in, in this era, each band had had that formula. You had a a good lead off song that you release first, like a upbeat song, and then you you go to your power ballads, and then you may have another upbeat song and another power ballad. But this was a lead off uh, from Pump. This was the first. It's, it was Love and Elevator. Uh, I remember seeing mm. seeing the video for it. And uh, you know, of course, Tyler in the elevators, and the lady said, "Going down." And uh, you know, and it was it, yeah. the songs, lyrics inspired by an experience that Tyler said he had in a hotel, making out with a girl in the elevator, and they started having sex as the doors open. So uh, you know, right. It, it, it's easy for these guys to write songs like this, I guess, because they're going by experience, but. Yeah, Love in the Elevator was a good lead-off single for, for that album. Pump. That was the other song on uh, The Simpsons. Yeah, okay, Love in the Elevator. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Pump, you know, as, as we talk about Get a Grip being a being the best Geffen album. I, I agree with that. Pump was not far behind. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Pump was not far behind. They're neck and neck. But, actually, I've got two... Two songs for Pump back to back. That there's another one that's going to be in my number nine. But oh wow! Yeah, well, let's, yeah, I've only done one. It was What It Takes. I'm sure that's not on yours, Dad. Uh, don't be surprised. What it takes. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to give away. Yeah. All, All right, right, number so nine. After two, after two power ballads of Seasons of Weather and What It Takes, this next one is one of the newer songs. I say newer. It comes from Nine Lives, 1997. Yeah. And it's a much more heavy rocking song. And it falling in love is hard on the knees. And it was just, uh, for me, it was a crank it up song and just jam out to it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the video in that one, uh, it's like a weird thing. I remember being in the hospital on a strapped to a bed, going down the hallway. Uh, that's about all I remember for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I That whole Nine Lives album, you know, there was a couple of songs I liked on it. I was kind of disappointed with that album. Uh, it was a follow-up to Get a Grip. Yeah. This is the, the I mean, I hold, Holding yeah. hold My Soul was horrible on that one. Do what? Holding My Soul was their power ballad. Yeah, I, I know. Line, I know. It was a horrible song. 
Oh, okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> one of like I'm sorry. One of the uh, one of the songs I just remember on that that Night Live though, that that India song. I was like, oh, I cannot. Chase is India. Yeah, I cannot yeah. get into that. Yeah, I couldn't get into that one. So I'm, I'm sorry, but that album. Uh, I know it's hard to follow up a, a album like Get a Grip, but they they really came up short on that one to me. Uh, <laughs> you had no nine live songs, maybe. Yeah, yes, I do. I do have a lot nine live songs. Believe me, I do. I had I had Pink that just fell out, and then um, I got Falling in Love number nine. Okay, well, my number nine is like I said from Pump. Uh, it was kind of Aerosmith getting into, you know, getting into some. Current events, I guess, is what you would say by then. Uh, talking about Janie's got a gun. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, he Tyler said he came up with the title and melody before he knew what direction he wanted the song to take. Taking nine months to finish the lyrics after he read a Newsweek article on gunshot victims, he was able to connect the song with a theme of child abuse and incest. Uh, mm. And and then the if you listen to the album Grip. It's preceded by a 10-second instrumental called Water Song. And now I thought that was really weird, but it was it was cool. But it was weird <laughs> to hear that Water Song. And, it's and a, then Janie's got a gun. Yeah, it's a, glad, it's a guy. I, they got an instrumentalist to come in. He used a glass harmonica, a wind gong, and bull roars to produce the special effects heard at the start of the song. But... The video, this was another, Aerosmith put out some great videos. This was another great video here because it just told that story. And a lot of the, a lot of the videos back then told a story that you could really get into. And, and that was another one with Aerosmith. You know, uh, Janie's Got a Gun. I, I thought it was a great song. But like I said, that video made it so much better. Song won the band a 1990 Grammy Award for Best Rock Performance by a duo or group with vocals. So, uh, Janie's Got a Gun, I think it went to number four on the Billboard Hot 100, number two on the album Rock Tracks in 1990. Just a great song to me. And I think uh, Susan Sarandon, was she the mom? In that yeah, one? I believe she was. She looked the other way? Yeah, she was. I, I, don't, I wonder what ever happened to the girl, to get, she played the girl in that. I'm not sure, but um, since you said Janie's got a gun, this is a good time to point out that Steven Tyler started something called Janie's Fund. Yeah. You can find it at janiesfund.org. It's for abused girls, so it's a good fund-raising organization. So if you're listening to this, remember uh, janiesfund.org. I remember, Again, I remember hearing that. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty it's awesome. It's still up and too. operational. I'm looking at it right now because they're still up and operational. Okay. Number so, eight. Number eight is my only addition from Just Push Play. It was sung at the Super Bowl, the controversial Super Bowl halftime show with <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, uh, and Aerosmith was, I guess, a guest star maybe. I don't know if they were a lead guest or whatever. But they sing Jaded, Jaded, and uh, the video for this one had, what, is it Mila, Mila Kunis? Is that how you say her name? I'm yeah, Mila Kunis, name. yeah, that's right. And, 
and she was some little kid being entertained by these supernatural, fantastical circus people, and they had to keep getting her sleep. She finally escaped. But um, Jaded was one of, which is crazy enough, was one of their biggest, like, chart hits. Um, it's, it's just weird that that's the one that finally really hit the charts. I was trying to find it was like, it got really high up. Where is it? We put charts. It was number one in the UK. But here we go. U.S. Mainstream Rock, number one. It was the only number one song on the Billboard for Mainstream Rock that Aerosmith ever had. Jaded. That's crazy, I, isn't it? Yeah, Jaded, Jaded didn't make my list. I'm sorry. Oh, I love him, Jaded. Yeah. My number eight is my favorite song from the trilogy. Uh, that, of course, that would be crazy. Um, another Alicia Silverstone. Liv Tyler and Alicia. Yeah, yeah. Liv Tyler and her doing the, a whole Thelma and Louise takeoff on, on this one. But, uh, you know, <laughs> just a, a, another ballad. But you didn't, and this is another song. And, man, this guy does not get enough credit. I'm telling you, if you look up, when you get through One this, guy. look up Desmond Child. Oh, yeah, he wrote so many songs. Look him. up yeah. how, I mean, look up how many groups and how many great songs he wrote. But this this is another Desmond Child song. Uh, but I just, the video was pretty, pretty cool with uh, Liv Tyler and uh, Alicia Silverstone. You know, there's pole dancing. There, <laughs> there's there's yeah. skinny dipping. I mean, Liv Tyler, I think, was 15 during that video, too. Yeah, that's... So just think about that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... They escaped from a girls' school in the beginning. They, yeah, I remember. I remember. And then they go in a photo booth, God. and who knows what. And they give it to the guy, and they yeah. steal stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the video was actually ranked number 23 in VH1's top 100 music videos of all time, back when they played music videos. And they earned a band a Grammy, another Grammy Award in 1994 for Best Rock Performance. And uh, that was the band's second Grammy win for Get a Grip and their third overall. But Crazy, that was my favorite song from the trilogy right of there. the trilogy? Yeah, definitely. Definitely my favorite song from the trilogy. Awesome. All right, number seven is um, from Toys in the Attic, 1975. And I first remember this song on its re-release in the early 90s. Uh, I think it was 90, it says right 91. And the video was this young boy calling into a phone sex hotline. <laughs> <laughs> the song is Sweet Emotion. And it is so hilarious because you got to watch it throughout the whole entire video because during the video you see this little hot and sexy lady talking to him on the phone. And in the end, when he hangs up, Who's on the other line, Stevie? Do you remember? It's like a housewife. It's yeah. really old yeah. lady housewife. It's not what you expect. <laughs> no, it's it's not what you've been phone. seeing. Like two kids running around. Yeah, it's no. not what you've been seeing for the, from the whole uh, from the whole rest whole of the video. video yeah. It's awesome. It is so awesome. Uh, so that's Sweet Emotion uh, from Toys and Rabbit. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit higher on my list. Uh, my number seven, and you're going to be so, so mad about this one. Holding My Soul. Yes. Holding My Soul. Oh, 
I love holding myself. The video I was great. The song was great. Song. It was one of the one of the best things off Nine Lives, in my opinion. And guess what? Guess, oh. guess who had a hand in writing this? Desmond Child Desmond again. Child. I mean, gosh, this guy it was not a hit though. It, it was, was number fifty. It went to number fifty-one. Went to There's number a hole. Not, no, God. Yeah, man. yeah. So the video was a you know a guy, a nerdy guy, builds a cloning machine, creates a beautiful girl, uh, Eva Mendez. I don't know if you remember her or not. Oh, I know who she yeah, is. Yeah, she ends I up being you. being with. I haven't seen the video in forever. Yeah, <laughs> she meets someone else at a party. Then he creates another. Who he also loses to a football player, and then he ends up. There's a girl, a classmate of his, another like a nerdy girl that ends up saying she she likes him. She's been there all along, and he, she stops him from using it again. But man, I I thought this was this song. I guess you know at the time it really. I, I loved the lyrics at the time, especially, but. Uh, he had Stephen Tyler has been known to change up the lyrics, because uh, one I'm of the, my phone? yeah yeah. I didn't there, know the there, there's a, one of the I sleep with my boots on because you're still in my head. Now, if you uh-huh. listen to a little south of Sandy album, he yeah, that's a good live he album, uh, he says something Can different uh, with his boots on because you with it my head. Uh, yeah, and I can't oh, say it. I can't say it. I can't believe you hadn't heard that before. But yeah, that I usually skip that song. I was listening to um, Little South of Canada just the other day. Oh gosh, you skipped. I am not a fan of that song. Yeah, I'd rather listen to that than a taste of India. Well, I, that is my list Let me ask you this too. While we're on the subject yeah. of Nine Lives, what was the deal with the whole cat? It's like a... That's the Indian thing. I think that... that what Indian does it have to thing? do with... What did this album have Well, maybe Nine Lives is they kept, you know, going up and down and up and down and, like, they should have died many times. I don't know. I'm maybe just, that's I'm, what it is. Nine Lives, maybe it's a cat Okay. Okay, so that's my mm-hmm. number seven. I know you're disappointed in that, but... uh that's okay. So, number six is a cover song. Uh, it was originally written in 1951 by somebody called Tiny Bradshaw. Never oh, yeah, I remember him. 1951. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Uh, then the Yardbirds. You've heard of the Yardbirds, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely they heard did of the it. Yardbirds. They did it in 1965. Led Zeppelin has sung the song. But then in 1974, Aerosmith kind of made it their own in 1974. So it was on your Get Your Wings album. A lot, a lot, a lot of the times I've seen them, they end the show on this song, or it's in their, um, they call it encore. Then their encore, and usually they end it with this song, and it's called Train Kept a Rolling. I remember so Train Kept a Rolling. I sure did. So Train Kept a Rolling all night long. Train kept a, so it's, a, it's a kind of a bluesy song. Again, it was written in 1951, but. Since 1974, Aerosmith has kind of made it their own. No one's really uh, made it since then. But it is a really good song, and it's a, it's a walk-off song, the way it goes. Because the train can go all night long, so you just walk off as it, it goes. It's really cool. Okay. So that's my number six. Number six for me. And we've talked about this much. This really 
really helped relaunch and revitalize the career of Aerosmith. And who would have ever thought it that... Well, I... Gotta be. Yeah, walk ahead. this way. That who would have ever thought that Run DMC, 1986, that Run DMC would help Aerosmith relaunch great their video, career. A uh, great video. Great I remember video. watching it. You know, back when MTV had the, what? It was a, like a, a request, top ten requested videos every afternoon and Did you call in? oh yeah <laughs> this is the bad thing I didn't have MTV back then and I still called in to vote for stuff you know does that make any sense you couldn't even see it I couldn't even see it but you know it released on July 4th 1986 if you didn't know that wow but just a great great video again but you never really thought, you know, it turned out it was more of a Run DMC. Of course, it was on Raising Hell. That version of it was on Raising Hell by Run DMC. But, and then you go back and listen, and I'm actually partial to this version because I go back and listen to the the original version. I'm like, you know, it's okay, but it's not the, the Run DMC version. Uh, and I guess that's just because I, I that was the first one I heard. But, uh, man, Walk This Way really got them... Really got them revitalized again. Uh, I guess it kind of solidified them, made them think, well, we can we can be successful again after having just a terrible end to the seventies and the early eighties. Uh, I just remember the band broke up. Yeah, yeah, you know, Joe Perry leaves, uh, and then they do an album. Didn't they do one album without Joe Perry? Uh, Rock in a Hard Place. Yeah, well, what was horrible that? album. Okay, let me ask you about this album while we're talking about that. And tell me what you think about this album. Done With Mirrors. It's okay. It's got Let Music Do The Talking on it. I like that song. Right. But Done With Mirrors, you know, is a drug reference. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. So they're done with drugs. So it was a good get-back-on-track record. Right. Let The Music Do The Talking was an original Joe Perry song from the Joe Perry Project. They redid it as an Aerosmith song. It's the only song you can listen to on that album. Yeah. I'm not going to sing. Anyway. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's my number six is Walk This Way. All right, to number five. We're in the top five, five now. You don't let me down. Top five. I, I love this song. I love it. This song is another bluesy song. So it's a reworking of some old blues songs. It's just numerous artists. Uh, it's normally in concerts sung acoustic, and it's on permanent vacation, which is 1987. And when, it, when they sing it with a permanent vacation tour, Stephen Tyler would sit on the edge of the stage with his harmonica, because it's heavy in a harmonica song. And it's called Hangman Jury. And uh, it's just a really great song. Hangman Jury, permanent vacation. Again. Usually song acoustic. Love it. I've never really... You know, I've never, I've never really... I know a song there, but I've never really listened to it. So I might uh, have to... That might be another one I have, so to, have to have to listen to when we get out of Nobody's okay. Fault. Nobody's Fault on Rock. Nobody's Fault on Hangman Jury. I'm going to have to check out when we when yep. we get through. All right. My number five. You can tell I am a fan of the Power Ballads. Uh, That's okay. Hey, so am I. 
So, my number five came off permanent vacation, and it really, I can just remember oh, Northeast Academy one. dances. This this was played a lot, you know, and you always had to find the right girl. Well, with each song, you didn't want to dance for the wrong girl, but uh, Angel, <laughs> Angel is my number five. Uh, off permanent vacation is currently ranked second behind. I don't want to miss a thing at uh, highest chart and single for Aerosmith. Went to number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, wow! And you know that was another thing that really helped Aerosmith get uh, revitalized again. This permanent vacation, yeah, they people started noticing Aerosmith after the Run DMC thing, but mm-hmm. the pressure, the pressure was on. With permanent vacation for them to come out with a great album and really solidify themselves as as we're back and uh, you know they permanent did, vacation was a good album. Yeah, they did it with this angel. You know the video with the with the girl flying over top of them and all yeah. this. So, you know, but, you're reaching up to her from the bed. And yeah, floating above them. Yeah, yeah so awesome. it, and, and guess what? Guess who had a hand in writing this too? Desmond Child. Desmond Child. I'm telling you, yep. Desmond Child doesn't get enough credit, man. I'm, this guy's a, this guy's a musical genius. Either. Musical genius. I don't know why they stopped writing with him after Get a Grip. But, I, well, you know, I've listened whatever. to some interviews, and he doesn't really dwell into it, but he uh, he said there, there wasn't a, a lot of, you know, they weren't receptive to him at first. Steven Tyler was, but the rest of the band weren't wasn't really accepting of him being in there. I think they looked at him as an outsider. But you would think that would change after I mean, look at all, all the songs, songs, look at all the success that uh, they had with him. I mean, come on guys. You're talking about rock stars though. Rock if it stars, ain't broke, yeah. don't try to fix it. <clears throat> I know. I know. All right, number four. Number four is from Pump, 1989. This is one of the snippets that you'll hear if you ride the rock and roller coaster at Walt Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before. It's Love in the Elevator. Love this song. It is my fourth favorite song. <laughs> We've already talked about it before, but it's just great. I love it. Number four. Number four for me. Yep. And I'm going, you're going to probably. Probably, uh, probably think Stevie is not going to do a lot of the older songs. This is one of those older songs though, uh, that I really like, and I, I, I've actually got this on uh, my playlist that I run to. Uh, believe it or not, uh, it's it's uh, off the album Rocks. I'm talking about Back in the Saddle, come out in uh, 1977, number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100, but. Uh, yeah, it's 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 still you hear it on on the radio station, still classic radio today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of my favorite of the older songs is "Back in the Saddle," and Slash uh, and James Hetfield also say this is one of their favorite Aerosmith songs. Nice. All right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. So number three is an OG song. It is from the album Aerosmith, 1973. It is one of the first songs they wrote and they played uh, live in their concert. Uh, reading their autobiography and stuff, all of their girlfriends and wives said it would be Go to the Bathroom song. 
<laughs> Why? Because they heard it all the time. So they heard it start, they go to the bathroom. Um, this song here is just, I mean, it's, oh God, it's just so good. Like, this is the one I asked you about how they did a remake with a whole orchestra. This is Drew on. And the one with the orchestra was on the Box of Fire um, disc. It was the whole disc in there, the whole orchestra. It's just Dream On's amazing. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> All right. Number three. We haven't had too many duplicates, you know that? We yeah, well, this many. is, this is going to be a duplicate here. Okay. <clears throat> Number three is another song for me from Pump. Uh, okay. This is this is uh, what it takes. Another power battle. Yeah. I mean, you already did elevator. What else? <laughs> you, do you realize that this song? How many? And I noticed this listening to it and looking at other song names. How many references to other Aerosmith songs are in the lyrics? F-I-N-E-Fine is one of that's them. That's one of them. That's another song on Pump. What else we got? Heart's Been Doing Time. That's oh. in Permanent Vacation. Heart's Done Time. Leave Your Life yep. to the Toss of the Dice. Loving Elevator. Betting on the Dice I'm Tossing. Oh, okay. I mean, stuff that's like that. But that. You know, what it takes, like you said, we had the the two two versions of uh of the video and the, like I said the the second which was the making that came do you I don't know if you remember the documentary the making of pump they had a documentary yeah. that came out and yeah, that I was, watched it. that was just scenes they just took scenes parts of uh the making of that the pump and the making of what it takes off of that and it got more airplay um and I, like that I really said, saloon one we were talking about. Like I yeah. said, the one in the saloon, just, you have really got to look at this. If you haven't, I can't believe you don't remember seeing it, but it is, it's, it has nothing to do to me. I'll have to look for with it. With what, I'm sure it's still out there. And matter of fact, when, when we're talking about your number, number two, I might actually try to look for I'm it. I'm looking right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking on Oh, I see it right here. What it takes on YouTube is the top one. He's got a cowboy hat on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so you have to look at that. Oh, my God. It looks, it looks horrible. Yeah, it it's is. So easy, it is. Um, so my number three, and it's another power ballad. You know, a lot of a lot of what I like. I like some of the upbeat songs, but I, I love to hear a, a good power ballad. Power ballad. That's, that's what... When I bought a, a, a record or a cassette or a CD back then... I always, and that's what I miss about being able to have a hard copy of something now. Because I always looked at the, the liner notes, and if they had the lyrics, I could always, before I even listened to it, I could always pick out the ballad. Uh, but, yeah, it was a formula back then with the, with the hair bands, with the rock bands, with how they did those albums and cassettes. It, it was great, though. It was a great time for music for me. All right. All right, so my number two, um, it is from the 20 million copy selling album, Get a Grip, which is the uh, best-selling studio album for Aerosmith. 
it was the beginning of the trilogy. It is crying. It is when I first was introduced to Alicia Silverstone, who I was a huge fan of, of Alicia Silverstone. And uh, that just did it to me. This is back when I was first starting to discover Aerosmith, was the Get a Grip album. And the crying, the crazy, the amazing, that trilogy just really did it. And the Alicia Silverstone didn't hurt either on that. I think it was, no, it was, it was crying, amazing, crazy. I think crazy was serpent. And it's just, I love it. I love her um, no-nonsense attitude. They get the matching tattoos. It's on his hand and her chest. And he puts his hand and it matches her heart. And then halfway through, she has to get it covered up because you know, he breaks up with her. And again, we talked about how she bungee cord jumps off the uh, bridge. But if she's going to have to commit suicide, why do they call her ex-boyfriend? That's a, that's a good question. That would probably be... The worst thing you could do right there is to bring him out there. That might make her want to jump. I mean... It doesn't make any sense, does it? No, not really. But Whatever. Love it. All right. Number two for me, you've already talked about this one. Uh, you talked about the video with the phone sex oh, operator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I prefer the version because there, there's been some edited versions of this. This came out, you know, especially really? with Aerosmith. Yeah, because there's one, there's some versions that you don't hear the intro with the talk box. You know what I'm talking about with the talk oh. box, right? Uh, with the guitar. Yeah, yeah. There's some some versions yeah. that don't that don't play that. I like that version with the talk box. I like the intro. Yeah. I like all that. Like Peter Frampton would love it. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know that was just, and that's the first time I heard the talk box was when Peter Frampton did it. Uh, this song was uh, many people think Stephen Tyler wrote the lyrics song about tension and hatred between the band members and Joe Perry's first wife. Have you heard that story before? Yeah, yeah he it. said that only some of them were inspired by it, but you know, of course, I'm sure there's a lot of it. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that were inspired by that, but just a great, great song. And I, I remember, you know, after discovering Aerosmith and going back and, and getting to hear some of the old stuff and hearing this song, man, this, I remember here, I think I was in a friend's car and he had the, uh, what's the Aerosmith greatest hit song, the first, the first greatest hit song, the album? It's called Greatest Hits. That was a big one. Yeah, it must have been the greatest hits one because this one that had sweet emotion on there, and it was—I mean, yep. just great. I remember it was you know, red with great, the on it. Great song, great song. That's my number two, and I got a feeling we're gonna have a repeat on number one. You are for me. You've already said mine. Well, you haven't said mine. Let's say that you have not said mine. I haven't said mine. Mine is mine is the song. When you think of Aerosmith. You think of the song. I mean, it's just, it's, it's their song, the song, and my favorite song. It's from Toys in the Attic, 1975, Walk This Way. Oh. The OG version. Wow. Yeah. Walk This Way, the original version from Toys in the Attic. Yeah, I think it is, is my favorite song, but it's also the quintessential Aerosmith song, Walk This Way. And the Run DMC version is awesome as well, but I prefer the OG. Wow. I'm, I'm Where did you shocked. think I was going to put it? 
I, I, I can't believe my number one song okay. didn't make your top ten list. Wow! Because I'm thinking that you talk about the quintessential song for Aerosmith, the, the, mm-hmm. the one that you hear. When I think of Aerosmith, I think of this song. I don't think of Walk This Way. I don't think of Sweet Emotion. Okay. I don't think of Crazy wow. or Crying. And this song has been featured in a lot of movies. One that you probably have seen, I'm sure, several, several times. I'm talking about Miracle at the end. I'm talking about Dream On. Oh, that was my number three. Oh, it was? Yeah, that was my number three. Okay, I, I missed Why did I, yeah. how did I miss that? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I must have been in a daze or something. But, man. <laughs> it was my number three. Yeah. Dream on. It was the go in the bathroom song, remember? I said it was yeah, the yeah, that's right. Go I, in the okay, you, you lost me for a little bit, I guess. I, well, I guess I must have went to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> no, Dream On for me is that song that, Aerosmith is just known for. I mean, that was the first Aerosmith video I saw, like I talked about before we started. Uh, but my favorite version is is the version that is on Last Action Hero soundtrack with the orchestra. Uh, the, yeah, that's the one I'm talking yeah, about. That, yeah, that. And you know, at the end of Dream, at the end of Miracle, when they played this and did the the credits at the end, just man, I mean. You couldn't ask for best old Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. The original version, the first time you heard the original version, because I'm sure... Of Dream On? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't the first... What was the first Aerosmith song you remember hearing? Oh, God, maybe Living on the Edge, maybe? Okay. I think that's what... Now, you yeah. tell me... He changed his voice on the first album. Exactly. He didn't like the sound of his voice. Exactly. He, so he did, did not a, sound he anywhere. He did a Kermit the Frog voice. Yeah. Is what he calls it. Yeah. Because he didn't like the sound of his voice. Did not sound anything like like what he does in the rest of those albums. But yeah, the, the nope. 10th anniversary, they, also, they did that version with the orchestra, the 10th anniversary on MTV. Uh, but man. Awesome. Yeah. I don't think that's on Apple Music either. No, I don't think it's hard to find some of those. If uh, I I got it in Box of Fire, is what I got it in. I bought the Box of Fire, and it came in that. I haven't looked for Last Action Hero on there though. The the soundtrack. Oh, that's true. It could be on that. I'll have to look. I'm gonna search for Dream On, and I'm looking right now on my phone. This was actually. Uh, this song is actually the the theme of my senior prom as well. So, uh, and no, no, Rock and Roll no. Hall of Fame is on the list, the 500 songs that shape rock and roll. Okay, the last action hero was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's maybe it's on that. All right, last action hero and album. I think I downloaded it. It okay, it's here. Yeah. Dream on, oh my God, I am downloading this one right now. <laughs> Heck yeah, add it to library. Yeah, that's... I didn't think we could get it. I have no idea. Well, I'm glad I gave you a little... Awesome. Something it doesn't have a full... Um, 
it doesn't have the full soundtrack, but it has that one. Like, it's missing some songs. They probably don't have rights to all the songs. Yeah, I'm sure that it's... That was that was a pretty that was a pretty good soundtrack as well. Uh, Def Leppard was on there. Um, Megadeth. That was there. Yeah, I can tell you, I'm looking at it. Allison Chain. Tesla. Two Allison Chain. Cypress Hill. Fishbone. Tesla. Michael Kamen of the Los Angeles Whatevers. Um, the ones you're talking about aren't. They didn't make it. Def Leppard. Is this missing? Yes, missing several songs. Well, you can get the Def- two, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's missing a lot. Yeah, Def Leppard. The, the that was two steps behind. You can get that on most of the Def Leppard albums. Uh, I think that was. I can't remember. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, but awesome. Dream on is number one for me. I guess I was, and I was dreaming on when you did your number three as well. I did number three. So we both had walk this way. We both had crying, dream on, elevator, the motion, what it takes. Don't want to miss a thing. And living on the edge. We had a lot. We had a lot of good Yeah, we had a lot. You know, of course, I hope, uh, if Aerosmith hears this, I hope you don't hold it against me too much. I put hole in my soul on my list. But Oh, know, God, that was horrible. Oh, come on now. I, on just, now. I just don't like that song. That's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah, but I think, I think they peaked with Get Your Wings. And then it went back down. So permanent vacation, Paul and get your wings of three great albums in the Geffen era, Columbia era, from Aerosmith up until I guess right before the Rock and Hard Place is very yeah. good. Well, you know, Rock and Hard Place is horrible. But that just shows you kids what drugs and alcohol will do for you because they were on top of the world in the seventies at one time and then lost it. Uh, because yeah. that was something to do with it, which, you know, ego had a lot to do with it as well. But to to get back and clean ourselves up and to get back and come back yep. and, and get back on top again. And uh, to this day, even though they're not getting along as well, uh, to this day, they're still, you know, at, at this at this point in your career, I think a lot of them just looking at it like it's a job uh, and they're, and they're doing it because they've been doing it. Uh, this, I mean, what are they going to do now? They're not going. They don't want to retire. Just like Kiss. I mean, come on. Kiss <laughs> is almost seventy years. The guys are almost seventy years you old. Look at Ozzy too, though. Look well, at Ozzy. Rolling Stones. Now let me ask you this: Have you listened to Ozzy's new album? Have yeah, you ever, I like his collaboration with Post Malone. Have you? But have you listened to any of the other songs on there? With Oz, no. Ordinary, it's called Ordinary Man, uh, but that that's Isn't it good to me. You know, there's been some, a lot of the critics like it, and usually when the critics like it, I kind of say, well, I know I'm not going to like it. There's some songs up there that are good. There's, you know, I'm not real crazy about the collaboration with Elton John, but uh, there's a lot of good songs the up there. The Post Malone one's good. Yeah, the Post Malone one was good. I think there's. He's got another one with Post Malone on there. It's, it may I may be wrong about that, but oh really? There's some good know. there's some good songs on there. Uh, I've listened to it all the way through. That's one of them I've already got my review ready for on that. I, I've been meaning to put that up, but that might be one. You know, we're talking about doing album reviews now. You know, older albums. 
uh, newer albums, whatever, you know, classic albums, see what we think about that we really haven't listened to before. There may be something. Oh, he does have two. It's a raid and take what you want. Yeah, yeah. I knew, take and, what you, know, you I want is really good. The what? Take what you want with Post yeah, Malone is really you know, good. I need to listen to It's a Raid. It's a Raid I'm not real crazy about. Uh, that's... Ordinary Man featuring Elton John. Skip that one, huh? Um... <laughs> All My Life is pretty good. Uh, Under the Graveyard is pretty good. There's one song called Eat Me, and that's just stupid. Uh, Scary Little Green Man. I know, I know it sounds stupid, but it actually is pretty good. I mean, it, it, uh, that's good, that'll be one we'll have to do a review on. Uh, there's going to be some, some albums that me and Lynn do that, you know, of course... We'll have to go through the Aerosmith albums. We'll go through some Kiss albums. Uh, some of the albums from the 80s, like me and Lynn used to listen to back then, and we'll go revisit our past. Uh, but, you know, the hair bands, even, you know, we'd, of course we'd have to do something like Michael Jack, like Thriller, uh, some of the classic albums like that. I don't know how much you listened to stuff like that back then, but, man, I, I was listening to a little bit of everything. Metal, uh, pop. R&B, I, was, I wasn't listening to country back in the 80s because that wasn't, that wasn't for me back then. But uh, I'm not a country fan. Yeah, I, I could tell you're not a country fan, but uh, maybe we'll work on mostly the rock stuff and uh, some, of the, some of the older stuff like that. That's what we'll start working on while we're waiting for sports to come back. And, uh, of course, we will do our mock draft. We're going to do that next. It'll be a couple weeks from tonight, I guess. Um, but we'll do that. We're going to do that in two weeks, for sure. Yeah, I may bring in a third party on that. Uh, Gaddis Hodges has agreed to do that. So we may have three of us doing a get, which would be pretty cool, I think. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you've never been been on a show. Gaddis, Gaddis is pretty good. Gaddis is like my Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, to my, my and I'm Anakin. I'm not saying I'm going to the dark side, but you know he's like the the mentor for me. But uh, yeah, we'll do that. And uh, we need to pick out. We'll talk and we'll pick out an album to review next week, and we'll talk about that. Uh, I don't know which which we who we should go to because I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you on a Kiss album. Uh, I don't know how much Kiss. You I like Kiss. Let's do it. Uh, I only know the hit. Yeah, because what we'll do, what and here's a way we can do it. Uh, we'll talk about the songs. We'll we'll give what we think is our favorite song. What we what we say is our least favorite song of, on on each album. But we'll we'll talk about each song as we go through. Holding my soul. Holding my soul was great, man. Yeah, let me. Hold on, let's pull up. Hold on. Hold on here. And I'm going to go by memory. How many of these songs I remember off Nine Lives? And how many, how, and I'm going to talk about how Hold right, My Soul, was, hold my soul was better than all of them. <laughs> no, Falling in Love, Falling in the Knees is the best song on there. Pink was number two. All right, here we go. Uh, and there's not many good songs on here. Nine Lives. Is the first one. Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. Holding My Soul. Great song. Great song. Six minutes and ten seconds. Uh, 
Whew. Taste of India, which is horrible. Full Circle. I like Full Circle. Something's got to give. Mm. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> uh, that's actually a really good song. The Farm. Nah, not really. Crash. No, not really. Kiss Your Past Goodbye. Eh. Pink. Was good. Attitude Adjustment. Eh. And Fallen Angels. Pretty good. Fallen yeah, Angels. It was not a good album. Fallen Angels is 8 minutes and 16 seconds. I know. Jeez. Got above some sweet taste of India. <sighs> That's what it's about. All right. Yeah, whatever. Let's see. They're talking about the, the cover art. Oh, my. Future Lord Krishna with a cat's head and female breast dancing on the head of the snake demon Kaliya. The Hindu community protested since the artwork was offensive. <laughs> the band had been unaware of the source of the artwork. The record company apologized leading to the next prints removing the art from the cover in the book booklet. The new cover featured a cat tied to a circus knife-thrower's wheel. <laughs> I see the reception of that. Now yeah, just is over-labored with Aerosmith making a conscious effort to sound hip and vibrant, which ironically simply makes them sound tired. This is a all-music review by Stephen Thomas Erwin, not only so, not only are the performance perfunctory, whatever, but the songs aren't catchy no matter how hard it tries. Falling in love is hard on these. Never develops a hook and is not an exception. <laughs> what? That's what he said. The disc was from all um, music. Now Rolling Stone. It's better than music. It's better than the last album, Music from Other Dimension. But go ahead. Oh yes. Now that one was woo. No, I, I can't deal with that one. What did Rolling Stone say? Rolling Stone was a little better. She, she the, the, it was a, for those who simply can't abide a collection of Aerosmith tunes without its share of power ballads, Nine Lives doesn't disappoint. They gave it, one, two, three out of five stars. All Music That's gave it two good. and a half. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B minus. Well, look, Entertainment Weekly gave Get a Grip a C. Rolling Stone gave Get a Grip a three. All Music gave Get a Grip two and a half. Yeah, I'll tell you this. The critics, I mean, as far as critics go, I don't buy too much of what they say because, you know, you're going, just like, let's say a movie critic that, that criticized, this actually was one I read for Dumb and Dumber. It said, the movie has no storyline. Well, if you go to a a movie called Dumb and Dumber looking for a storyline, then you just, you're, the wrong, you're yeah. in the wrong place, exactly. I mean, because, oh, really. But, okay, so we got our first top 15 list. I guess the next yeah. one I'm going to put you through would have to be, we're going to do Top 15 Kiss. I don't even know 15 songs. That's why you have to you have, you have to do your research. Oh, my God. How many Kiss songs do you think you know? 
Alright, you ready? Alright, now let's hear it. Rock, rock and roll all night. Of course. Um, death. Yes, of course. You got the top. Um, Detroit Rock City. Right. Let it. Let, oh, <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> um, Made for loving you. I was made for loving you. Yeah. I was made for loving Guess you. Guess who had a hand in writing um, that song? Doesn't child. Yep. God, what's the other one? Something about. I can't think. Something like Strutter or something. Strutter. Strutter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about out. You don't remember don't forever. Remember no. Wow. There's, yeah, no. you need to, I gave you all the ones I know. You need to get on, you need to get on iTunes and start listening to some Kiss music. Like, dude, I just named five. That's all I can do. You're going to have to get someone else. Lord have you. You should get, get my friend John Pritchard. He is a huge Kiss fan. Oh, really? Huge. So we're going to have to get in touch oh with him. Oh, my God. He, he this is actually, you know, me and him have a lot coming. We, we've already done one show Steelers? together. We did the top ten Steelers, yeah. so we'll have to get yeah, in he, touch with John. He is as big a Kiss fan as you are. I mean, he is, like, crazy into Kiss. And I can, uh, I'll contact him and see if he wants to do it, because he'll listen to this one. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he, he was disappointed, uh, I think, when I did a top, what's it? Was a top yeah, album. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like your top ten album. <laughs> no, because he was. He was disappointed. I didn't have Rolling Stones in it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not a Rolling Stones fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't get in the mix. Yeah, but I will talk to him, and y'all can do a top fifteen kit. Yeah. And y'all do that. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, all right. we will do some major research. We need, yeah, we need to wrap this up. Yeah, we need to wrap it up, but uh, we've had fun doing this tonight. I've enjoyed it. I, Lynn, was yep. in, Lynn was in his element tonight, and you can tell yep. uh, Lynn needs to be more vocal in all the other shows like this, like tonight, like he yeah. did tonight. I guess when I talk about the Redskins or Aerosmith or Carolina basketball, we'll have Lynn, uh, we'll have Lynn talking true. like this. We could do, hey, if you want to do Van Halen, um, Stone Temple Pilots, Death Leopard, like we that. can do all of these. I'm telling you, we can Van do all Halen, of these. Let's do Van Halen second. Okay, so we'll do. We'll I, do I love me some Van Halen. We'll, we'll, do, our album, we'll do our album review next. We need yeah. to. We need to. We need to pick out an album and we'll talk about that, and then we'll do a Van Halen top fifteen. Because it'll be hard okay. for me to go probably go top ten with Van Halen. That's fine. All right, so that's, that's going to do it for tonight. Like I said. This is going out on the fly and the final score. So, awesome. Uh, yeah. So, top ten Aerosmith and Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, if you guys listen, you know, no, don't hold it against me because I put holding my soul on it. Lynn thinks it's a sin that I've got that on my oh, top I hate that list. Song. So, oh, I you, hate now it. if they listen to this, they're going to hear you say that. You're going to be That's kicked. Fine. You're going to be kicked agree, out of the Aerosmith club. <laughs> Yeah, send my pen back in for Aaron. Yeah, send my pen back in. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. On the fly, the final score. That was our top 15 Aerosmith song. Lynn, as always, enjoyed it. Have a good week, and we'll we'll be back next week doing 
doing something. We don't know what. We'll be doing something. All right, guys, that's going to do it tonight. That's the final score.